Super Talk Mississippi media production. Southern Miss fans know the number one stop for Golden Eagle Apparel is Campus Book Mart on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Baseball, basketball, football, Campus Book Mart has it covered with clothing to fit the young and old, big and small Golden Eagle in your family. You can visit the store on Hardy Street, shop online at campusbookmart.net, or call in your order and have it mailed to your front door. However you choose to buy, always visit Campus Book Mart first. You won't be sorry. Campus Book Mart and Southern Miss, to the top. Or pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Happy Friday, Golden Eagle fans listening on the Super Talk Mississippi Network. It's the Eagle Hour. Luke Johnson in the Southern Bancor Studios in Laurel. Michael Mergens producing for us in the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg. Final show of 2023. Appreciate you joining us as uh, we get ready and and to roll into a New Year's weekend where we will celebrate uh, the beginning of the 2024 year starting on Monday. First segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you every day by Dickie's Barbecue, loca- located in a community near you, Dickie's. Our hometown team actually located in Hattiesburg, just outside the Turtle Creek Mall here in Laurel on 16th Avenue North. I greatly appreciate the sponsorship of the Eagle Hour by Dickie's Barbecue, cooked here, loved everywhere. Well, let's reflect, and who better to reflect the biggest news stories of Southern Miss athletics than sports information director for the University of Southern Mississippi, the old left-hander, the good old left-hander, Jack Duggan, joins us now. Man, how's uh, how's your Christmas? And I know you never have dead time, but this week's maybe the closest to it, maybe. Yeah, it hasn't been bad. I've uh, just been sitting around the house with the family and uh, just enjoying a uh, few few uh, kind of slower days before we get kind of get going again. Although you know we got men's and women's basketball going, they get back uh, rolling again tomorrow. They start conference play. Uh, uh, men are on the road to play Georgia Southern. Women are at home and they'll play Marshall. So you know it never ends. So uh, just excited, just excited to have a nice Christmas at home and uh, just ready to get started. Uh, for the new year awesome thanks for being on here today by far jack what would you say would be the biggest southern miss sports story of 2023 well i think i think it's probably three really in no no specific order i think men and women uh both winning conference championships for the regular season i think we're we're uh we're fantastic uh then of course uh the retirement of scott barry uh, you know what he did uh, his last uh, season, taking us to another super regional, able to host uh, a super regional for the second time uh, in as many years, third over or uh, go to our third overall. So uh, you know the 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 run uh, the run there late uh, late in the year was 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 pretty fun by the Gold Nichols. You you said and, and one that we didn't even mention because of the super regional because of Coach Barry, you win the conference baseball 
uh, tournament championship yeah, as well. Yeah, that, that's true. Yeah, I mean, got hot there. Got hot there late. Went to went to uh, Coastal Carolina. Uh, just looked uh, really bad the first couple of days. Came back, won the uh, won the last game of that series. And then that really looked just just kind of went on a tear after that. And it was it was a, that last month was was a lot of fun to to watch and and follow. We, we of course we had you on you know uh, at the end of the baseball season to talk about it, but just here. You know, not quickly, but uh, a few other things to talk about, uh, just to put a bow on it at the end of 2023. Scott Barry now one of the most iconic um, figures in Southern Miss, not just baseball history, but but athletic history. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, over 500 wins. Uh, you know, he eclipsed uh, that, uh, or eclipsed uh, being the the all time winning coach. I think last year, and uh, just you know, one one success after another. And, uh, just, I mean, he, he took the, he took the baton back in, in 2010 from Corky Palmer, uh, and man, in 14 years, I mean, what you can't, you can't ask for anything else. I think Eagles, uh, seven, now seven, seven or eight straight, uh, postseason appearances, uh, to, to end his career. Uh, you know, one of, one of, uh, you know, the, the only program to, to win what 40 or more games, what needs to the last, Look, I think seven years or six years, something like that. We're the only, only team that have done that. Just, uh, you know, he, his name, uh, just uh, synonymous with winning. And, um, you can see it, you know, proofs in the pudding. If you look, you know, just what, uh, what we've done over the last several years. So Scott Barry, um, one of the biggest stories, his retirement, of course, helped by, by two guys. Dickerson got crazy strong and hot down the stretch. But, but Jack, start with what Danny Lynch did on senior day, because I think there may have been uh, maybe not a more fitting end uh, against the team he was playing on senior day at the Pete than what Danny Lynch did. Well, just honestly, when I was going and kind of looking back on the year, that's kind of one of the things that I forgot about. And then I went back and it refreshed my memory. And I was just like, wow, you know, two grand slams. I mean, you know, it breaks the school record. Uh, ties another one for most RBI in a game. Uh, just no better way to to go out a senior season, at least the regular season, uh, that way. And, and the, the show that, that that Danny put on against the Raging Cajuns, who who I I think anytime you mention his name, they they get very upset uh, uh, about him uh, just for all the things that you know that just. The things that have happened involving him and Southern Miss baseball and Louisiana baseball, you know, over the last several years, you know, it's just, it's just kind of, it's, it's, it's a fitting end for Danny. That's for certain. That's for certain. At least, there were rumors, at least against them. Yeah, and there were rumors floating around actually on the Thursday night game, football game in Lafayette. Coach Joseph and Coach Greg actually included Danny on the on the game plan for football. That led to that overtime win. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Basketball wise, Jay Ladner, Coach of the Year. Uh, you mentioned the men and women win the regular season championship, and that leads into the uh, Southern Miss had both on the men and women's side the, the preseason Player of the Year in the Sun Belt with with Dom Davis and Austin Crowley. Yeah, and, and I tell you what, both of them uh, having another great year. Dom's gone over a thousand points, uh, you know, in tw- in twenty twenty three, and I tell you what, it, she she is a young lady that. If, if you're a Gold Nickel fan and you have not seen her play yet, you, you need to do yourself a favor and get out to Reed Green Coliseum. First chance 
uh, is tomorrow, uh, 2 o'clock, when we play Marshall. I tell you, she is fun to watch. And I tell you what, that whole team is fun to watch. And uh, they've got a chance, I really think, to repeat as as, as conference champions uh, again here in the 2024 coming up. Uh, the men's team getting better and better. Uh, you know, they are, you know, had a few losses last year, uh, after last year's, and, uh, but, but, you know, Crowley and then Curbella, who has, who has come on for us. And, uh, I think you're going to see some, some great things moving forward 24 with that team as well. And, and Jack, I'm glad you said that because I think sometimes people look up and, and they see, you know, banners hanging up and, uh, they were, they remind themselves of great players that played, in uh, in Reed Green Coliseum in the past, I mean Dom Davis is one of those players that that comes in you know every other generation. I mean she is uh, she's she's a game changer and and uh, I I think I'm not you know predicting anything here, but I'm just saying that that she's one of those players where you look back and you say that that's what was one of the best players that ever played. Yeah, oh, there's no doubt. I mean, you know, if you you know if you take the top ten moments, I think one of those ten moments. Uh, is that scoop shot that she hit against Ole Miss late in the ball game? You know, to to, to beat the Rebels at Reed Green Coliseum just earlier this month um, uh, at home and upset the the twenty fifth, uh, you know, Lady Rebel squad. I mean, that's just an example of 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 just the kind of uh, just kind of all out play that she's given given this program, and uh, you know, it's just something she's done really for the last three years. Uh, another guy um, that achieved a, a great career and is now moving on, just announced to be in the East-West Shrine game. Uh, we were talking off air, and, and uh, you, you just talked about Frank Gore Jr. doing something that only two other running backs had done at Southern Miss. Yeah, that's that's right, Luke. I mean, you know, over 3,000 you know, yards, uh, or is it three or four? I think it's, you know, no, over 4,000, over 4, I think. So, I can't. He's only, he's only three to, to reach that. That that plateau. I mean, I mean, Fletch Fletch was phenomenal in the late you know teens, you know two thousand six to two thousand nine. You know, Derek Nix is you know should be in the uh, Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame. You know, uh, you know was has already been inducted into the Southern Miss M Club Hall of Fame, and then and then you know Edo Smith, who's another one. Uh, you know, those are the two. Next, probably the fourth or fifth top running back, and then. You know, you you have to add Frank Gore in that in that conversation. I mean, 329 last year in the ball game. He had 247 on the road this year. Uh, unfortunate loss up at App State, but uh, you really got to see you know quintessential Frank Gore Jr. in that ball game where he just he just you know you think you get a two yard gain, next thing you know he's got seven, and that's kind of the way it went for him. And uh, uh, you know he was a fun guy. He was a fun guy to have you know, in our program for four years, and we certainly will miss him. Uh, but uh, Frank was something else. He was fun to watch. Last question real quick. Did, did we ever discover um, the diet that Dickerson was on in the postseason? You know, just to... <laughs> I'm not sure, man, but I tell you what, when he had two homers going into the season, and then he hit two early, and then I think seven more in about a three-week span, which was unbelievable, including the two against Auburn uh, in that elimination game. And, boy, boy what, a, what a great, phenomenal uh, performance for, for Dusty right there. Absolutely. Well, Jack, thanks for your time today, man. Happy New Year to you, and uh, thanks for all that you do for Southern Miss Athletics. Thank you, Luke. Happy Happy New Year to you and all of our Southern Miss fans out there.
Good stuff. This is Jack Duggan, Sports Information Director for Southern Miss Athletics. We'll step aside, talk some New Orleans Saints with Patrick McGee as Eagle Hour continues. Southern Miss to the top. Eagle Hour continues. Appreciate Jack Duggan joining us as we recapped the uh, biggest stories out of 2023. We'll talk more about that with Jason Bailey of To the Top Talk in our next segment. But this second segment brought to you every day by Campus Bookmark, located in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, on Hardy Street. What a better, what a what a great way to start. 2024, then going to get some fresh Golden Eagle swag on Hardy Street, Campus Bookmark, or shop online, campusbookmark.net. Patrick McGee from NOLA.com joins us, as he does every Friday. And Really, um, probably if you, if you iron it out, Patrick, you probably only missed a month worth of Eagle Hour in like almost a decade. So, <laughs> thank you. It's hard to believe sure, you put yeah. up with us that long. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy to come on whenever y'all want me. Blue get uh, plenty of uh, Christmas gifts and, and New Year's gifts? Yeah, and my girlfriend's dog pretty much destroyed everything, but it's she got <laughs> some stuff, yeah. Good deal. Yeah, my uh, my my mother in law gave our lab uh, a dog toy, and uh, it was it was real. I figured it was like one of those that was probably like thirty four ninety five or so. She tore it up in like two minutes, so it happens. It happens. All right, let's talk to Saints. Um, just yeah. What what else is there to say? You feel like uh, when you're watching, you're you're just kind of chewing on cardboard. Um, mm-hmm. And and what is? Let's just kind of start where they are right now, and then we'll zoom out a little bit as we're in a reflective mm-hmm. mode here at the end of one year, the beginning of another. Your your uh, your thoughts where they are right now? Uh, kind of where they left off a year ago, you know, and and. And the feeling is less hope for the future. <laughs> uh, you know, and that's you know that's a team that's you know close to five hundred. You're at you know right below five hundred and still technically um, in the running for the playoffs. But I don't think anybody feels very good about the team right now or where it's headed. Uh, it's an old team, uh, and, and when you're looking to the future and you're thinking, oh, you know, who can we kind of cling to? Is and Chris Olave who had a rough start to the season obviously has still has a bright future in this league it's looked pretty good lately uh but you know you know outside of that who do you kind of look you know look to and say oh well this guy will get us over the hump next year uh you know i the the, the franchise is in need need of a reboot i think that's pretty much the what everybody's thinking that's gonna be a tough reboot uh it's an older roster that you're just gonna have to dismantle at some point and you know all indications point towards Dennis Allen still coming back next year, and and, and I would assume there's going to be some changes to a degree on the staff and you know on the roster. But you you know it's hard to see a dramatic change unless something really goes haywire over the next couple of games. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, Saints fans are pretty unsettled and frankly bored. Uh, you know of being just disappointed. The uh, the next two games it is uh, Friday right now, and and I'm going to just. 
say this. Uh, Monday, the Saints will probably be 7-9. and nine. Uh, yeah. Man, Bucks looked good last week against the Jags. Yeah. And the Jags are a, a good team. And they, what, Bucks won four out of the last five. And then you're looking up at who knows which Falcons team may show up. Um, but, I mean, you know, last week they dominated Indianapolis pretty good, too. Yeah, and I, I think we all kind of thought whoever won this division would probably get the, the best player of their court, would be the team that has the best quarterback. And that's turned out to be Baker Mayfield uh, by a fairly healthy margin. Uh, you look at his numbers and just everything he's done lately. He's really closing out hot. You know, going into the playoffs, you wouldn't necessarily want. I mean, you don't want to face a team like Tampa. You know, in that first, you know, Tampa isn't headed towards a buyer or anything like that. They'll play in, at home on the first round. And if if I'm, you know, say the Cowboys or somebody else, I don't want to go to Tampa. You know, uh, that's going to be a tough out. You know, it's a tough game to, to tough team to beat. So. Right now, it's kind of it's kind of hard to compare the the Saints and the Falcons in any way to the Buccaneers, just the way they're playing so hot lately. Um, you know, Kamara, um, he's not getting long in the tooth by any stretch, uh, but right. you know, he's quiet. He's quietly put up some stats. You look up, and he's close to seven hundred yards rushing and doing the same thing he does receiving. And you know, he hasn't been flashy this year. Um, he's almost been, you know, the demeanor he carries in the game. It's just kind of like you don't know what his eyes are looking like. He never makes facial expressions. <laughs> Because he's, yeah. you know, he got the shield on, but I mean, he he has uh, he's put up some respectable numbers, but you know, I don't think they've got out of Jamal Williams uh, what what they thought they might. Yeah, no, I I think Kamara is the guy that's still got a lot left in him. He's obviously kept himself in great shape, um, and he you know his yards per carry isn't the greatest over the last two to three years, but I think that's more of a result of the offensive line. And a year ago, they had a they had some trouble kind of getting him involved, you know, in the passing game. This year, they've done a better job of that. Uh, but overall, yeah, Kamara's played well this season. After a, he's a guy that missed first three games of the season, and his year-end stats are going to look pretty respectable. The guys, if he had played all seventeen games, so Kamara's been good this year. Uh, if you look at it, he's probably been the most consistent guy on offense uh, throughout the season. Um, so yeah, I mean, Kamara's the dude. He's he's the star on that offense. Uh, you know, defensively, you know, Kamara's still got juice left in him, but you see a lot of some guys on defense who are the leaders over there who are still playing okay, but, you know, this is kind of getting to the last year or two of their careers. One guy you would not think that would be the case would be Demario Davis, the uh, ageless wonder out of Brandon, Mississippi. Yeah. Um, Sunbelt guy at Arky State. I mean, he's 108 tackles through the season. And, you know, Warner's right behind him, but you you got to wonder – um, you know, I think Lattimore not not being there has 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 hurt them. Cam still, you know, got eight sacks, but but a guy that has really played incredible has has been Granderson. Yeah, yeah, he had, he had kind of a lull mid season. He got off to a really hot start, and I think he's played better here lately. Uh, you know, but yeah, Grant, Granderson is a guy at defensive end who they who they really need to step up and have a good season. And he's been good. Uh, Demario, he kind of he's so good at this age. He's what thirty four. Um, the question, you know, in my mind for him is is do you want to kind of keep going? You know, uh, you know, at linebacker, such a tough position to play. Do you want to hang around for another couple of years? And I think he wants to. Obviously, he's putting in the work to keep himself in shape, so I think he keeps doing it. But really, if you're Demario Davis, if if I'm him at thirty four, you know, do I want to play at thirty five in this league? You know, or do I want to kind of, you know, go out while I'm still in good health and, and kind of ride off into the sunset? There's, there's a lot of, there's very few guys that can play at a high level at his age and he's doing it. Uh, but how long does he kind of want to put himself through that? Cam Jordan, I would say point to is somebody's had a down year. 
uh, has had a tough time getting a quarterback. Maybe the guy's had a nagging injury or two that we don't necessarily know about. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of talent in that secondary. So you got guys coming back there with Lattimore and such. But in that front seven, I would expect that you know they're going to have to make some changes in some way. You know, let's zoom out a little bit. Um, you would look at a quarterback and you would say thirty-five hundred yards, sixty-seven percent completion rate. Yeah. Then you look at the touchdowns, nineteen with with the eight picks. Um, is is Carr a bust, especially with this receiving core? No, I wouldn't call him a bust. Uh, there, there needs to be a lot more touchdowns. Uh, you know, he, there, he had so many opportunities this year in red zone where they just didn't come away with it, and that was the, that was really the point. The one weakness on this team that's that's cost them a playoff bid is not being able to get into the end zone, and they've done a better job of it here in recent weeks. But gosh, the first uh, you know ten games of the season, they were just they were just brutal in the red zone, and he just didn't do a good job of converting in those situations. Yeah, I mean, just kind of, but I mean, you look at his stats and compare them to what Andy Dalton did last year. It's basically the same thing. Yeah, and that's right. and and if this team was going to get over the hump this year, they needed somebody to be better than Andy Dalton, and that hasn't happened. People just don't like redheads, man. I'm telling you what, like if you'd, if you'd have lined it up there and just put a blindfold on, I mean, I'm for real, Andy yeah. Dalton is like one of the most underappreciated quarterbacks of his era because you know yeah. what you're getting. You you know what right. you're getting. And uh, yeah. but anyway, he uh, he was able to uh, to do it last year. Um, what what to make of of uh, the three position Taysom Hill? Um, mm-hmm. and and have they underutilized him even though he is second on the team in rushing? I think here in the last three to four weeks he's probably been underutilized, but I think it's more of a, a situation of how those games played out. You know, they need to throw the ball a little bit more. Uh, you know, if you get. If you get behind early, it's just tough to really kind of rely on Taysom Hill to go out there and do do that. But I thought through the first you know nine ten games of the season that they did a really good job of using him. And I think that's one of Carmichael's strengths as offensive coordinators figure out the best times to use uh, Taysom. But I you know whenever he's on the field, good things seem to happen. So they've got they've got to find some way to get him out there, and, and it just hasn't happened the last two or three games. Um, youngest player that that uh, Saints fans should be excited about, other than like Olave. Well, I mean, I, I would still consider Werner a young guy. Uh, Alante Taylor, I knew who got benched last week. It, it, yeah. it, he's somebody that's still got a high ceiling, I think. Um, there's a lot of young talent, I think, still left in that secondary. You know, uh, Honey Badger's kind of the elder statesman, and Ledmore's been around a little bit. That's you know that's a good question. Uh, you know Trevor Penning. I mean, heck, he's basically been benched. You know, he was their left tackle to start the season. I would assume they're going to change him into a guard next year, which I think they they should have. He should have been guard all along. Yeah. Uh, if you look at his traits and everything he has to offer, he should have been left guard, uh, not a left tackle. So there's just a lot a lot of stuff they got to work on. They really really need a, a, a jolt of young talent, and it's going to be tough to kind of do that in the course of one draft. Patrick, we appreciate your contributions to the Eagle Hour in 2023, and we'll continue in 2024. Happy New Year, my friend. All right. Happy New Year to y'all as well. Patrick McGee from NOLA.com. We'll step aside on another commercial break, talk to Jason Bailey to the Top Talk, and uh, we'll talk some more about these biggest Southern Miss stories of 2023. Eagle Hour continues after these, these commercial messages.
You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Appreciate Patrick McGee joining us from NOLA.com. Been with us for a long time on the Eagle Hour, reporting on the New Orleans Saints weekly. Appreciate him and his time uh, today. Third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by our good friend Slade White, 4th Street Bar and Grill, located on 4th Street in Hattiesburg. Catfish Friday today. Can't beat it. And just like uh, every day of the week, great lunch at 4th Street. Nine ninety five comes with sweet tea or uh, your soft drink of, of your choice. Also remind you about our good friends at Mobay Beignet in Hattiesburg. Best beignets around, best beignets in the region. Nothing uh, can compare to the, those beignets and the special uh, dipping sauces and the flavors and seasonal flavors, iced coffee, hot coffee. It's all at Mobay in Hattiesburg. Jason Bump Bailey joins us, Southern Miss fan, co-host of the To the Top Talk podcast. And uh, Bump, Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year, brother. Thanks for the invite. So uh, talking to Jack Duggan a little earlier, and um, we were talking off air about this, and to, to you, biggest sports story, which kind of start the, the what stands out in your mind, biggest sports story of, of Southern Miss for the 2023 calendar year? You know, and I was thinking about this a little bit, but, I mean, number one, I, I think that you look at kind of the struggles that we had on the football field, as far as being a big story, I don't know if anybody saw that coming. I, I really didn't see it coming at all. Uh, and I guess that's just from from the year that we're just as far as in and now. Um, the the waiver situation with Andre Curbelo was really interesting to follow there for a little bit. It's nice to see him finally get on the, on the court. Um. And another big story for me, Luke, has been, although I haven't seen the renderings, but we've learned about the money that's going to be spent on the Pete and Reed Green Coliseum, uh, you know, for the renovations. And that's going to be a huge deal. I went to a women's basketball game. I don't go to a ton of, of women's uh, games because I'm always going to the men's. And, you know, there's only so much time I have. But uh, I went to that game. We played Ole Miss over at Reed Green and just had an absolute blast. I mean, their start. Uh, as a team, has been phenomenal. Um, and then, I don't know, the men's and women's hoops from last year, both winning yeah. the Sun Belt uh, regular season title, Scott Berry retiring. Uh, you know, how's Oz going to do coming up? I mean, just off the top of my head, those are a lot of the things that I think back to. Um, Frank Gore Jr., I mean, maybe one of the best running backs that we've had. You, you played yeah. football here and you cover it, uh, you know, you've been covering it for quite a while. I don't know where he stacks up for you, but I would. It's hard for me to imagine uh, where our football team would be uh, without him in the last few years, right? So yeah, and I think yeah. I think that's a that's a great point you make. Not just what he did on the field, but but off the field. We actually had him. We interviewed him a few weeks ago on the Eagle Hour, and he he just talked about in 2021 when it wasn't going well in Coach Hall's first season. He stood up, you know, in the locker room and told everybody he was going to stick around. And uh, I think that you know cemented. Um, you know, some, some legendary status even as a sophomore then. I want, I want to go back to, to the first thing that you said about, um, you know, football not meeting expectations this fall. And where does this rank? Because, you know, Will Hall deciding to hand over play calling duties to, uh, to Jordy Joseph and Sam Gregg, which now led the way into hiring of Chip Long. I mean, that, that happened, you know, after a, a rough game against South Alabama, but that, that might be a subtle big story. 
you know, uh, uh, that factors in big picture down the road as well. Yeah, that's how I felt about your man. That was, that was, that was rock bottom. That's, if, you're, if you're wondering what, what rock bottom feels like and looks like, that's absolutely it. And maybe it does like, take something like that for, for big changes to happen. We'll see uh, what, you know, how it transpires. Um, you know, I don't think it's a secret that next year is kind of a very big deal, you know, for a lot of people to, to keep their jobs and to get Southern Miss football back where it is. I think we'll all can do it. Um, if he can't do it, you know, I'm not sure anybody can, honestly. So, yeah, it's uh, it's, it's going to be interesting. I'm I'm happy for Coach Jordy taking the job over at Houston. We've become friends, and he's a sharp cat, and he's going to make a lot of money over there, and good for him. Um, the guys that are coming in have incredible resumes, but, you know, and um, and and it's it's you know they're going to have to hit hit the ground running. But in years past, I think maybe that's all Southern Misses teams seem like they do well with the backs against the wall and. That's where football is right now. Backs against the wall. We've lost that that it factor that people used to be scared to come into the rock to play. That's that's history. You know, they, they don't anymore. In fact, I think they relish it. They know we're yeah. down and, and 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 they're looking to, to to stomp on their neck. So it's uh, I tell you what, when Southern Miss football does come back, though, you know, there, there's there's nothing like it and. You know, Will Hall says it all the time, but the whole you better get us now thing, eventually that's going to come back around. The last hundred years or so of Southern Miss football hasn't been a fluke, in my opinion. Uh, we're down, we're not out, and we have a lot of advantages that other people don't have, namely a fan base. A lot of these schools that we travel through, they just don't have one. When we, when we go on the road, Southern Miss travels. Yeah. Um, typically you have to win, and when you win, everything's packed. Basketball's packed, baseball's packed, football's packed, um, Southern Miss fans do do demand that you put a good product on the field, and I don't have any, I don't have a problem with that, right? Um, Not at all. So, so anyway, it's it's uh, I guess that was a long winded way of answering that, but it's it's all going to come back around, just like it always has. I hope it's sooner rather than later. Yeah, and and you know the reason I started with that that question, I think that. When when Will Hall um, he said it on this program, he just realized he could be a much better head coach. You know, handing over um, the play calling duties and focusing on the whole team and not just scheming on one side of the ball. I, I think that may we may look back on the lowest point and and say you know it led uh, it led to the upswing. All right, go go back to the spring because you mentioned it. Men and women win both uh, the. Uh, both sides of the conference regular season championship. Uh, Jay Ladner, coach of the year, lead, leads in the way for Crowley and and Dom Davis um, to be uh, you know preseason players of the year. It, it's just kind of hard to to put in perspective about how we were feeling at in the spring of 2022 with basketball, men's basketball, and how we felt at the end of spring 2023 with men's basketball. Yeah, it's 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 a remarkable turnaround. I mean, it's eerily similar to how everybody feels about football right now. It's, it's probably a little bit easier to get players on the court. You know, if you get two stud players on the basketball court, that can change the, that can change your basketball team in a hurry. Football is going to need a little bit more than that, namely a quarterback. So, but, but from a coaching standpoint and a fan standpoint, I don't think you could have been any lower uh, in basketball heading into last year and in football. You know, it's, it just is what it is, brother. Um, yep. So, so 
We shall see. It's, but but I mean, what I'm getting at is, as as tough as it was when Jeremy McLean put out that statement, I sat down with Coach Ladner and you know we talked through you know da 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 da. And then you fast forward to the Thursday night game against Lafayette when when Nefta feeds it to to Pinkney and the roof blows off. I mean, it's just it's hard to believe that happened in less than 12 months. Isn't it? Yeah. So it can be done. That's what you're telling me, Luke. It can be done. It can. We're be here done. to witness it. Absolutely. All right, um, let's shift gears to baseball. Of course, you uh, you and your, your boys in the roost. And uh, Jack, Jack Duggan and I were laughing earlier about, is there a more fitting way to conclude a career than what Danny Lynch did against uh, the Raging Cajuns? Yeah. Yeah, and, and I guess he's going to continue to do it from the from the coaching side now. I'm sure the Cajuns uh, lo- love to see him over there. Um, now I you know he's what you mentioned earlier sticking uh, sticking around and, and and having that legendary status and Danny's got it right um a lot of that's Frank's got it um a lot of that's going to go by the wayside i think with the portal and and players shifting teams from you know year to year even season to season it seems but he's one of the all-time greats um it's it's i mean i wonder how big that baseball must have looked to Danny like yeah. every time he faces uh Every time he faces the Cajuns, it's uh, it's remarkable, and uh, I'm, I'm sure glad that I got to witness it. Do do you th- okay? So just go ahead and give a little prediction, and you probably watched it. Uh, do you, do you think he's going to coach uh, first uh, first base? I mean, I assume Krill will be at third. Good question. Uh, your guess is as good as mine. I, I'd like to see him anywhere near the field. You know, <laughs> or, yeah, but well, look, he might he might be more well served as a bench guy. You know, there's something to be said to be said for those bench yeah, coaches. Um, is. It, it, being a leader in the dugout, he already he's used to it. I'm not sure he wants to be as close to the field as he can get, but I'm just sure glad we got him. Uh, about about 45 seconds left. You notice in the 10 minute segment, all the news stories, we didn't mention um, hosting a super regional. We didn't mention um, <laughs> winning the conference <laughs> baseball tournament. And, uh, of course, you know, one of the greatest ever, Scott Berry, retiring. I mean, it is so exciting to be a part of Southern Miss baseball. It's going to be really weird not seeing Scott Berry, as John Cox says, hands on hips, you know, and that skull cap down in the third base box. But I'm very excited about what Oz has gotten. I mean, this pitching staff is going to be second to none. Uh, we're going to have an entirely different infield, right? Uh, that's going to be interesting. we got Monastery moving to center field, so – Story lines all over the place. We're in good hands. Can't wait to get it going. Jason, thanks for your time, man. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. It's Jason Bailey from To The Top Talk, great podcast covering Southern Miss sports. We're going to step aside and uh, close out the Eagle Hour right after these commercial messages. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. 
final segment brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. DBATHattiesburg.com. Also a reminder about our good friends at Genesis of Hattiesburg. Located on Highway 98. Great cars. Genesis of Hattiesburg, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Final segment today. Let's bring on Heath Hinton real quick. And Heath, we didn't cover this yesterday, um, but um, let, let's talk about some the, the, the latest coaching um, hire for uh, for Will Hall. All, in, all reports indicate Michael Spurlock, who... Our listeners remember that name. He's from Indianola, Mississippi. Played, uh, I believe, running back and quarterback for the Ole Miss Rebels. And it uh, looks like that Michael Spurlock will be the new running backs coach for Southern Miss football. Yeah, I spent eight years in the league, too. So, uh, long career there. Um, very successful, Western Kentucky. Um, look, comes in, going to, you know, going to coach a running back position. Jordy Joseph left. So it looks like they're going to hire another quarterback coach and probably one defense coach. Uh, or you know, they got Will Hall said he's probably already got a defensive line coach named. So uh, yeah, I think you're maybe looking one or two more hires. But uh, Greg Meyer is going to be uh, coaching special teams again, which he did coach his first two years here. So uh, yeah, a really good hire and uh, brings a lot of you know. Gravitas, so to say, somebody played in the league, somebody that had a really good career in college in Mississippi, so a great hire for Southern Miss. Finished uh, playing in the NFL 2014, uh, was at Philadelphia High School and then Kahoma, was with the Cowboys in 16, UTSA in 17, Southeastern Louisiana 18, 19, back at Ole Miss for two years. And uh, was it Green Bay Packers last year? Was it Western Kentucky um, this year? So let's just walk through it real quick, Heath. So let's let's talk offense for just a second. Obviously, Will Hall's your head coach. Then under offense, Chip Long, offensive coordinator, tight ends, Sam Gregg, offensive line, Michael Spurlock now running backs, Desmond Lindsay, wide receivers, and uh, just to fill in the blanks for our our listeners, Jordy Joseph, coach quarterbacks. But uh, Meyer, Coach Meyer, Greg Meyer, the special teams coordinator, actually coached running backs last year. So with Spurlock coming in, that basically leaves the uh, the blank at a quarterbacks coach. As, as a quarterbacks coach, and uh, I don't think Will Hall's finished uh, his coaching hires yet. So I would look to see one of those named here in the next week or so. Pretty soon, he's going to want to get that guy in place and uh, go ahead and start working with his quarterbacks who – uh, when you got freshmen that'll be here in the, uh, you know, in the spring, be here in January, you want to go ahead and get that guy in here to start working with them. So if 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 uh, they hire a quarterbacks coach, that's five offensive coordinators or five offensive uh, coaches. You're allowed ten assistants by the NCAA. Special teams uh, would be Greg Myers, so that's six. So what that would mean is now there would only be one other, possibly. Uh, defensive coach hire, you mentioned that. Big Nail uh, is your, your D.C. We would assume maybe he would coach safeties. Uh, D.Y. Wilson would coach cornerbacks. Where they did have two linebacker coaches last year, Heath, it maybe where Chad Williams is the only linebacker coach, and then you would hire a defensive line coach. Is that right? That's right. That, that's what you would think, that they're just going to go with one linebacker's coach and one defensive line coach, which is not uncommon. That's kind of a normal thing in college sports to have one linebacker coach, one defensive line. And a lot of it would be uh, the way uh, Big Nail plays a 4-2-5. Uh, 
Uh, if you think about it, five DBs, uh, two linebackers. So you don't have really a lot of outside backers to coach in his system. So it makes a lot of sense if you think about it, just having the one linebackers coach and the one defensive line. You're not going 4-3 or anything like that where you got a weak side linebacker. you only got two in there. So it makes a lot of sense. Uh, when you're looking at the type of defense that he's going to run and the coaches needed for it. Does it bother you at all to lose the quarterback's coach kind of late? Not really. I mean, you think about it, you can't blame him. Uh, Big 12 job, Texas, going back uh, with a coach that was at Tulane that he's very familiar with, going to coach running backs. I mean, you can't blame a guy for, for that. He's probably getting a little more pay. Uh, never, never blame a man for bettering himself. So really, not surprising that he left. Maybe surprising when it happened, and it may be one of those last minute things where uh, you know came in as a last minute. So, but not surprising that he left. No, not at all. The timing may be a little bit surprising, but that he left. No, it's not surprising considering the amount of money he's going to make as a Big Twelve. Uh, position coach. Final question, just literally ten seconds. What is uh, what's your biggest sports story for uh, all of 2023 with Southern Miss? I think uh, baseball, Coach Oz and the baseball team. Or actually, 2023. I'm sorry, Luke. 2021, 2023. Biggest story. I think the baseball program continues success. Yep. Double super regionals. I think that's the biggest story of the year going into the year. It's going to be what Coach Oz does with the baseball program. Good stuff, man. Thanks for your contributions in uh, this past year. We'll look forward to talking to you soon. Hey, thanks. Hey, thanks, Luke. Have a good one, buddy. Teeth Hinton, the Big Gold Nation. That's going to wrap it up for us uh, today. And, uh, again, Happy New Year to everybody. And we'll catch you Tuesday on the Eagle Hour. Full gang back in force. We'll see you then. And, as always, Southern Miss. To the top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Talk Mississippi Media Production.